apartments. I have my first guest, uh, Anthony, if you want to introduce yourself. What up? <laughs> Anthony Conley, a.k.a. Akon, a.k.a. Hands and Feet. How y'all doing? <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Um, just wanted to bring you on to kind of piggyback last week, kind of touch base on kind of my music experience. Um, we can kind of go through how we met and kind of our shared interest in <laughs> coffee and spoken word. Yep. And, <laughs> and then we have a special treat at the end where we come up with a a playlist with our top 10 albums a piece and we'll kind of delve into that and the reasons why um but yeah thanks for thanks for coming on of course <laughs> i'm excited and i'm blessed to be the first guest on what will soon be a legendary podcast <laughs> we out here <laughs> i love it so we've known each other six man, years six years yeah six years or so i was uh in um working in a coffee shop within a church. And I had previously known um, your wife, Gabby. And then I was behind bar doing my thing. Service was about to start. And then in walks this bear that I was just like, <laughs> eyes locked. And that, that kindred flame instantly, I felt like I had known you for a lifetime. Yeah. And it's always felt that way. Yeah, we... We knew we were going to be close friends even before we found out we both did poetry, you know, yeah. we, we had no idea. Yep. It's crazy how coffee brings people together, yeah. you know, when, once you've like gotten past the surface level of like drive through coffee and whatnot, once you get the vibes of like posting up at a shop and like doing your thing, whether it's with company or whether you got your headphones in or you're journaling or writing poetry, like. Once you've gotten to that level, you can kind of connect with people who have also gone a little deeper with it. And there's yeah. just like this love and the atmosphere and it's just, it feels great. And it's, it's a great like talking point yeah. for like starting conversations, starting friendship. And that's where we started. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> when I moved back here from Seattle, I was working a hack club um and then i got a i think i was working at starbucks and then i moved on to like a local coffee shop out here and then i started working at the coffee shop at the church um and we would make cold brews after we would get done working at the same mall together and yep. just <laughs> shouts out zoomies <laughs> zoomies and hack club yep i would hit my i'd be on my lunch break and go grab a pretzel at wetzel pretzels and then hack club was right across from wetzel's so i'd pop in and say what's up and then yeah. yeah we would get off work and head to the church and start doing the thing you know yeah it's crazy yeah so you, you met gabby my wife before mm -hmm. obviously i did mm -hmm. um yeah is the story you guys were at randomly at walmart um so friends of friends <laughs> okay yeah, yeah um she was uh hanging out with uh, one of my childhood friends Luis, and um we were just uh chilling and we would just all meet up they would come up from Gila Bend and Buckeye and like all that area and uh Gabby I believe was living in like Central at that time or something like that yeah yeah and uh or even West Valley I'm not sure but um anyways paths crossed and um we both had similar kind of like upbringings and like similar very similar music taste and uh <laughs> very similar like 
like personalities and fashion sense and all that. So we clicked pretty much off the bat too. And um, I can't remember if I'm the one who invited her to church for the first time and she came with the homies or if how that path crossed, but I'm pretty sure I was the one who like invited her. So then she started coming to the church with me and um, me and my friends. And then eventually your paths crossed yeah. and now we're That's here. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, I just remember, and then we found out we both did like spoken word, you know, and then yep. I delved into the kind of my experience with like poetry and, and music. Um, feel free to share some some of your story with that. Like how how has your, your love for music and writing and poetry evolved over the years? Um, it's crazy. It's been kind of a whirlwind. And even like, what I love about poetry is there's so many like entry points. So I know you kind of came in through the like, me, me without you. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, um, like the indie kind of stuff. And then mine was like through hardcore. Yeah. And um, Levi the Poet, Trey the Ruler, just people, poetry, po poets who were like branches of like the underground, like heavy music scene and hardcore and metalcore and Christcore and everything in between, which you obviously like took to as well growing yeah. up. But you definitely went the Pacific Northwest route. Yeah, yeah. The broody. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lost in a forest route. Lost in a forest, <laughs> smoking on a pipe, yeah. you know, a tobacco yeah. pipe to be specific. Yes. <laughs> and, um, but there's still like poetry is poetry, you know, whether yeah. it's slam poetry, whether it's like an extension of rap and hip hop, whether it's an extension of indie music, whether it's an extension of heavy music and hardcore it's it's all poetry you know yeah. and then there's inspiration for it everywhere you know so i like i said my entry was through hardcore um growing up in the metalcore hardcore scene mm -hmm. straight edge scene and seeing slam poets in between band sets yeah and uh it's funny because like i was i was always terrified to <laughs> be like a front man um, large crowds like freak me out. I get overstimulated really easily yeah. being deaf in one ear. Um, and, uh, so whenever I was playing in bands when I was younger, I was always guitar, you know? And it's like, I had something to hide behind mm -hmm. and including my hair and my face. <laughs> and, um, so I had never like, I would, I, I was like, I was never the person who was going to be a front man or anything like that. And, uh, I I saw I saw Trey the Ruler at one point. I saw Levi the Poet at one point, and I knew that I had a message that needed to be heard, mm -hmm. especially within the hardcore scene, where heavy heavy music is an outlet, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's a great outlet, and it was there for me when I needed it, and it introduced me to straight edge lifestyle and. Here we are, like thirteen years later for me. Yeah. Of sobriety and um, it's it it pretty much saved my life, you know. But there wasn't a lot of answers. Mm -hmm. There was an outlet for the anger and aggression, and you feel great after a show, after jumping around and fighting your friends yeah. and dogpiling and sweating in the underground and 
just losing your mind, <laughs> controlled chaos, you know? But at the end of the day, you still gotta go home to yourself, you know? Yeah. And so I was in a really bad place in my early 20s, like I'm pretty sure damn near everybody of our generation was. Yeah. Because um, school doesn't teach you how to be an adult. It, uh, it doesn't prepare you for what life is gonna throw at yeah. you. And uh, so I started journaling and then I gradually saw the journals, be, journaling become poems. And it was just something, whether it was God, whether it was the universe, whether it was me getting out of my own way, mm-hmm. I knew that I needed to bring some sort of healing mm-hmm. to the, back to those places that have given back so much to me. Yeah. And not that I can fix anybody, but I have a way of, with words and a leadership that I've grown into that has always been there within me. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first two years of being poet, like doing poetry in between hardcore bands, like I would get to the point where I'm about to throw up every time, yeah, like yeah. right before the set. But as soon as I would always like, especially the poetry days, and I still do it to this day, right when I'm about to start, I close my eyes I kind of like spread my arms out. I take a deep breath and then boom, it's a blur. Yeah. <laughs> this, the, the words flow, everything flows. And, and then the piece is over now. The song is over now. Like, and it's, it just feels like a blur, you know? And it just, it flows through me. And then I would invite people to come back to the merch table with me or go outside and have a conversation and it's like you heard my story now I want to hear your story yeah and within the 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 first my first show the healing that was in that place was life-changing yeah just being able to help people access the tools within themselves for their own healing the tools that we all have but maybe have never been told they have and have never been told they have purpose and Mm -hmm. have never been told that they have worth to offer this world, especially in the hardcore scene. It's a bunch of angry kids who have come from broken homes, who come from abuse, who come from poverty, who just need an outlet to feel welcome. And obviously no, no scene is perfect, but that's what it was for me. And growing up with my dad stepping out after a drug overdose and growing up with losing my cousin to suicide and seeing my mom work so hard, I I connected with everyone in that room in some way, shape, or form. And just knowing that just because we're broken doesn't mean we can't be pieced back together, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, you see a vase that's been fixed after being shattered and the lines make a new art piece yeah and makes a new new device a new vessel that is of worth and of use again yeah and so being able to do that through poetry and then eventually what i do now with rap and trap and still metal and hardcore and everything in between um it's it all started with that journal yeah it's a beautiful thing yeah it is I think our stories are similar. I remember when I first heard, because I knew like spoken word and poetry existed Mm -hmm. in hip hop. I think the first time I ever heard it in like the chariot, 
mm-hmm. you know, had like a spoken word guy, Bradley Hathaway, back yep. in the day that I, I she got a chance to open up for in like this random house in yes, Phoenix. <laughs> um, and then obviously the chariot had the listener at some point, mm-hmm. you know, just so to open up like new ways and new areas that like spoken word could it could be in all kinds of genres exactly and i figure i feel like our message of hope Mm -hmm. has always been there exactly i mean we did countless spoken word pieces while we were going to church you know Mm -hmm. and it was a blast you know i haven't i haven't written in a long time but I look back and I still have a lot of videos that Gabby's recorded of us, like just being able to do stuff together. It was like a really unique time, Mm -hmm. a really special time. So it's it's just great to have those memories. I agree. Like like I said, the moment I met you, I felt like I've known you for a lifetime. And like, it's crazy because it's like, obviously we've, we've, we've just, we've grown together and helped each other be the best version of ourselves and that's that's friendship you know that's like companionship that's like i said twin flame like yeah it's the connection has always been there and it's only gotten stronger and it's a blessing i'm blessed by you in my life for sure yeah i mean it's it's crazy to think that i mean i look back and like the pandemic and i look back on the past couple years and as much as it's drawn me away from people, it's drawn me closer to people too. Mm-hmm. And you being one of them, so super appreciate that. I mean, it's it was a tough time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> exactly. We're I mean, we're all still kind of surviving. Yeah. But yeah. When we when there was no idea which direction we were going, with when there was no vaccines or anything like that yet, um, yeah, the world came to a halt. Yep. Uh, a grinding halt as the cure would say Um, (laughs) we'll get into that later but uh yeah it was i mean we both stepped away from church we both kind of found our spirituality our a new seeing god or a higher power or the earth everything through this kind of newer lens Mm -hmm. you know yep kind of going on that journey together and individually and just really finding ourselves outside of the identity of church yep and that hurt but yeah, yeah. it was, it was, very, painful it was process. very painful process but like you said a wave it drew drew everybody away from people but also to the right people closer yeah you know absolutely like my circle definitely got smaller but the people who are around are lifers. Yep. And I I wouldn't change any of it. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, I'm glad I'm over the anger phase. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought I was going to be. Um, For real. But I, I'm glad to be where I'm at now where I can look back and appreciate those times Mm -hmm. and not be, that's what I wanted to get Mm -hmm. to this place where I can look back on those memories and still cherish them and not throw the the baby out with the bathwater, you know, when it comes to uh, church in general, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's I agree. Crazy times. (laughs) (laughs) For real though. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we could talk about the next segment probably 
for a long time. <laughs> and Facts. we have we have plenty of, of stuff to uncover. I was thinking you have a top 10 list. I have a top 10 list. We'll mm-hmm. start at the bottom and number 10, mm-hmm. and then we will um, go back and forth and we'll kind of explain yep. why we why we like it. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to start us off? All right. <laughs> so I'm going to be real. There's I could interchange all of these yep. albums a million times over. And I can place them in any order as well. So it was for for most for the average music enjoyer. Um, <laughs> it is very difficult to put a top ten list together. And yes. originally, it's funny because you had asked me to do a top five, and I was like, I was like, that's I impossible. That. <laughs> so I can maybe maybe do like a top five and then like a runners up, and then you sent me your list, and it also was it also yeah. was like five with a runner up and i was just like all right we're doing a top 10 like yeah, yeah. so uh <laughs> and again this can be in any order but this is just kind of what i felt what i wrote down so my number 10 is uh the album mourn by artist corbin formerly mm-hmm. known as spooky black um underground legend absolute legend corbin has been producing and singing emo r&b since he was 14 15 and he's one of my greatest inspirations as an artist even though i can't sing um (laughs) lyrically his content is very relatable for me um just kind of like navigating life and depression and anxiety and his songs are beautifully haunting and they're that 3 a.m with the windows down music on the freeway (laughs) um so Corbin, you know you're a legend. If, if you ever somehow come across this podcast at some point, <laughs> please know that your music has not only changed my life but so many other lives, mm-hmm. and you deserve to be as big as The Weeknd, honestly. But mm-hmm. if you wanted that, you would have gotten it. So yeah, you're still an underground legend. <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking of underground legends, um, man, I don't know. This guy probably transcends it a little bit. Um, but it's Mad Villainy by Mad Lib and MF Doom. Um, Definitely transcends, but also <laughs> no ro- no radio play. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like it was it capped off such a shitty year in 2020. Yeah. Finding out that Doom passed. Um, if he passed, who knows? Yeah, he's, he's that's Doom. He's, he's a, <laughs> an absolute enigma. You yeah. know, he's just a, this mysterious force, and and I still feel like. He's, he's around. Yeah. Like I... You can't kill energy. No, no. It's wild. Um, and it's hard for me to pick just any MF Doom album. Yeah. Um, but this one's just... It's mad villainy. Yeah. Man. Like, obviously, mm, food is oh, amazing yeah. and yeah. iconic, but what they created on mad villainy and just the sample working and just so the good create truly i feel like he really mad villainy was when he really leaned into the mask yeah and really created this anti-hero villain that that mf doom is he just yeah. really leaned and created the story yeah. on mad villainy it's just it, there's zero skips um, absolutely I feel that with away with a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was even thinking about putting Danger or Danger Mouse on, or mm-hmm. 
was it Danger Doom? Uh, the, the the project he did for Adult Swim. Yeah. Oh um, gosh. <laughs> with the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yep, you know, just just absolutely brilliant. Um, man, one of the best to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the one of the very first gifts you got me was the MF Doom mask. Yeah. And that was when we were even new in the friendship. Yeah. <laughs> and I will. It would be forever as like one of my favorite gifts. You know, exactly. just. Just so good. Heck yeah. Yep. It was perfect. Yep. Yeah, MF Doom's one of the one of the artists, one of the rappers that like every time you listen to it, you hear something different. Yep. So yeah, I mean <laughs> we could do a whole episode on Doom, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we can continue a little bit. Yeah. Um nine, the the beautiful, amazing, and just god tier talented Amy Winehouse, mm-hmm. back to black. Rest in peace, Amy. You deserved so much more. Watching your... I get choked up every time I talk about her. It's all right. Watching, watching the, the documentary and just seeing how she was preyed on, seeing how everyone wanted a piece of her, and unfortunately so many did get a piece of her, mm-hmm. and how she didn't want the spotlight. She just wanted to to be left alone with her music and with her loved ones. And just the topic of addiction can need, just needs to be seen in such a different light because unless you've experienced it, whether like through a loved one or whether firsthand, you don't know. And so many people just wrote her off as this stupid addict and just look look past her amazing talent and the beautiful music, timeless music that she wrote and just write it off uh, because the fact that she, she fell into drugs, you know, and people, nobody wants to be an addict. You just kind of fall into it yeah. and it takes over your life and she deserved so much more, but back to black, that album is timeless. It's an album. I will, show my baby nephew when he grows up and if I ever adopt someday that that will be one of the first albums I show show my kid whenever they're in their teens probably cuz it's obviously heavy sh- subject matter but that album is just to this day brings me to tears yeah it's a i guess a spoiler alert we're going to have a playlist with these albums on it mm-hmm. for Spotify and Apple Music at the end and we'll leave it in the description but I've been listening to it because there's a lot of albums on your that I didn't give a, a fair shake. Mm-hmm. Um, and just hearing some of those songs I've, I've never heard of before because I didn't really give it a chance, yeah. to be honest. And it's just really, really good. Yeah, so absolutely beautiful. It's been a journey for me, too. Yeah. Um, so that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, my number nine is 10 by Pearl Jam. Um, I, I've... I, Man, so much of my life I made fun of Pearl Jam. Um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, same. Yeah. I skipped over the Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden yeah. era because I grew up in a small town that was not listening to that. It was Everyone was listening to Lil Wayne. Shouts out yeah. Wayne. Uh, but, <laughs> Lil Wheezy. Yeah, but nobody around me was listening to that. So I kind of just like wrote it off, same kind of thing. Yep. And then like as an adult discovered those albums myself as I know you did and yep. damn. <laughs> yeah. 
the MTV Unplugged oh my version gosh. of Black. Oh my gosh. Is one of the craziest live performances I've I've ever heard in my yeah. life. And you hear the pain. Yeah. Like truly. And just, just like with Amy. Just the vibrato in yep. Eddie Vedder's voice is just unrivaled. Unrivaled. Um and I've asked for forgiveness from Pearl Jam Gods. Um, yep, same. Uh, I'm sorry that I disrespected you for so <laughs> and just uh, lumped you into to even flow, you yeah. know, for years and years and years. Um you deserve much more respect than that. And no, uh, ten will be in my my top ten. <laughs> Uh, bars forever yeah <laughs> so facts all right next one up for me so i'm gonna get a little snobby here with this release <laughs> uh frank sinatra selection from a voice on air so this is a compilation album of uh i may be wrong but i'm pretty sure this is frank sinatra's most early recorded tracks ever and it's Everyone knows Sinatra for the bangers, obviously, mm -hmm. and his more like swing dance is more like more the heavy hitters and just kind of more like brighter mm -hmm. character that Sinatra grew into. Um, but young Sinatra is somber and melancholy mm -hmm. and hopeless romantic and everything that I am <laughs> like when I so I, I I don't know my I grew up um with my dad playing Sinatra the Rat Pack um anybody Dean Martin anybody like anybody in that era that was just always playing in the house mm -hmm. so I was, I was like raised on Sinatra um when he was still around and um I was just like scrolling on Apple Music. Yes, I'm an Apple Music user, even though this is going to be on Spotify. <laughs> um, uh, this is like, I just, I, I was diving through his discography a bit. There was a, a year that I was just like, really, it was like basically all I was listening to was like Sinatra, Nacking Cole, Ella Fitzgerald, Ink Spots, um, just all that era. And I found, I saw that album and. I was like, oh, this looks really cool. He's like, looks younger on there. And I, I tend to be drawn to artists and bands' first albums because it's like they had nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. They were just, it's just raw, just angst and just aggression in any shape or form. So that was like his, the, the, it was like rediscovered tracks. And so I dove into that and just fell in love. Yeah. I was like, these are Sinatra songs I've never heard before and that most people haven't heard yeah. before. And Moon Love is one of the most beautiful songs ever. Yeah. And so if you're a Sinatra head, if you haven't listened to this album, listen to it. Even if you have, go back to it because it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I When I put the album on the playlist, I was like, man, there's like 75 tracks. Yeah, no, but they're it's, like... <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a few hours long. So yeah. I mean, it was cool, though, because a lot of it seems like raw. Yeah, like on the radio or on the, I think it was probably the radio. I yeah, radio or yeah. just like recordings from live concerts yeah. and stuff like that. Like just super good playing small clubs to maybe like fifty people. Yeah, you know, and it's just like, yeah, it's it's so beautiful. And I just like I said, I love hearing the art an artist's early stuff because they had nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where it started for him. So those are beautiful tracks. Yeah, that's awesome. 
All right. Um, so my number eight is one that we both have on our list, which yeah. is The Queen is Dead by The Smiths. Let's go. Um, love and Hate Morrissey. Yeah. We, uh, every, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. We, He's such we, a polarizing character. Um, yeah. But just the songs, the, the voice, the Johnny Marr guitars, just... The poetry, the angst, the snarkiness. Yeah. Like the reason why we dislike Morrissey is the same reason why we like Morrissey Facts. when it comes to a songwriter. He's just, you know, I I sometimes feel like if he was born in a different area at a different time, he would be probably the illest MC because he's just <laughs> so like sarcastic. Sar- sarcastic and yeah. so direct. Yeah. And- hang the dj like yeah. that's not on this album but like <laughs> that song every time i hear it i'm just like he was spitting and yeah. he just did not care no no, no. Oh. i mean you know he's still with us but you know even if we got tickets to see morrissey we probably wouldn't see morrissey because he just walks out of shows yeah but. exactly <laughs> who knows but i mean i can still listen to this album and still absolutely love it I mean, it, it's no longer a trope, I don't think. Like, uh, 500 Days of Summer, you know, yeah, Zoe exactly. Deschanel. Yeah, facts. I love The Smiths, even though that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, and um, shouts out Zoe. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but just um, probably will always be a soft spot. And then, always. you know, with Gabby coming from Southern California, Morrissey is a, a huge out there. Huge. And especially in the... Um, the the Latino Latina Latinx community yep. like just um, he's he's an absolute legend. I remember when I went out to California the first time with Gabby. I I had my Jeep and I had a Wu Tang sticker and I had a Smith or a Morrissey, Morrissey sticker. sticker. And this guy's like, I love your sticker. And I'm used to out here people being like, I love your Wu Tang sticker. Yeah. But this was like, forget Wu Tang. Yeah, Morrissey. Morrissey. <laughs> Throw up the M's up, you know, like, so yeah, it's crazy. It always will be in my top 10. Yeah. Same forever. I genuinely, I mean, maybe not this album directly, but the Smiths in general, like it's multiple times a week. Always. I'll just put an album on while I'm at work. Um, Shouts out Peixoto Coffee. Love you. Um, (laughs) And when I'm working the warehouse, uh, we just... A lot of my coworkers, I mean, more like the Smiths, everybody loves the Smiths, man. Yeah, yeah. Like the Smiths and the Cure, which we'll obviously get into. Um, I Everybody loves it. So it's easy to put on because I know that like it's a good middle ground for any like walk yeah. of life. And like Morrissey's politics and whatever aside, like the Smiths are the Smiths. Yeah. Like yeah. They, they will, yeah, the Queen is dead forever. Yeah. Forever. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Um, this next one, you and I both went through scene phase, you know, yep. and uh, I feel like now that we're older, we can kind of like reclaim yep. the scene phase to an extent. Yep. Uh, still rocking the black skinnies. Uh, but <laughs> MySpace era, man, oh. my cousin. So my cousin, um, my, he went to school at Borgade, and, but lived back home in Gila Bend, um, same town as me. And so he would come back and he was a couple of years older than me. So I was still in junior high and he would come back from Borgade 
and from his guitar class and all the kids around him were like sh putting him onto music. Mm -hmm. And so he would come back and Hula Bend is like the middle of nowhere. And so there was no way for that kind of music to be around. And he came through with Hawthorne Heights, Silence in Black and White, <laughs> as well as Atreyu's Suicide Notes and Butterfly, Butterfly Kisses. He gave me those two albums, Burned Copies, changed my life completely i would not i don't know where i would be without the silence in black and white because that just it it opened my eyes to a whole different style of music yeah and to this day that album holds up so well it does. so well all the choruses the riffs and to know that they were 15 16 putting yeah. that out on myspace getting picked up by victory records and then later seeing the music videos on MTV yeah. and like all that, like I, and just, yeah, I, I learned that, that album front to back on guitar. I would just turn the CD on and just play along. So shouts out Hawthorne Heights. I actually got to see them a few months ago at, um, at the marquee oh, that's with cool. armor for sleep. Yes. That's yes. Another yes. legendary band. Yep. It's true. I got to see them with Bayside Oof. and Heavy Eden. Oh my gosh, I loved Aiden's. Uh, I still love Aiden. They're, they were great. Yeah, I cannot remember the venue. It was in Scottsdale. It was mm. right after Bayside's drummer passed away. Yeah. Um, just a crazy concert. I can't believe I get to say that I got to see them, yeah. you know, like at, in a concert. But the opening notes of Ohio is for lovers. Yep. Doom, doom, oh. doom, doom, doom. Hey there. Yeah, dude. Silence in oh. black and white forever. Absolutely love it. Yep. It's kind of piggybacks to backs into mine. Um kind of a I don't know I don't know if they're an underrated band, but um like a solid state tooth and nail band. He is legend, their sophomore album. Well, I guess technically their third album um uh suck out the poison it was kind of after it was after i am hollywood mm -hmm. um but his when i first heard it i didn't like it because his skylar crew's voice changed because <laughs> he had been smoking so yep. much and it got rough mm -hmm. and it got the songs become became like more southern yeah. and i was like man i am drawn to this um, but the whole album to me is like zero skips, just the, um, just the, the, the poetry involves, mm -hmm. um, the, one of the opening lines is like, um, uh, something about the, you always wanted a prince, but I'm the jester at your door, something along those lines. I'm probably yeah. butchering it right now, but <laughs> just, uh, you know, when I'm, and this is during probably like mid 2000s so like i was in the scene for sure you know mm -hmm. and just kind of always looking for new music yeah. and i just i think why this one sticks out to me is just how polarizing it is mm -hmm. like it, it was when it came out because everybody wanted a i mean they do this to all the time with bands where they just want a second installment of the first album yeah you know and it it doesn't work like that sometimes. Nope. And, and I don't think it should work like that because mm -hmm. then you look back and 
you're like, well, this is one of my favorite albums because it is different. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my number seven. Nice. Next up for me, the man of mystery, the enigma that is Frank Ocean. Hey. Channel Orange. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would would say Blonde because he had really solidified his sound, mm. and Blonde is kind of the same the same tone and the same mood and the same kind of like topics Mm -hmm. from start to finish and channel orange is kind of all over the place but i yeah hearing that album for the first time again i mean everything on this list for me was like life changing Mm -hmm. and just i mean odd future in general that was a whole era you know like 2000 9 10 11 yeah. 12 13 around that when they were just on top of the world um frank ocean's channel orange just the instrumentation the hooks mm-hmm. the story the concept about it like that that is just that is a flawless truly flawless album yeah. and that's that was i mean that was like so many that was my entry into just like fusion funk and jazz and r&b because he did it all on that album Mm -hmm. and it was my introduction to his world even though he had nostalgia ultra before that which is also amazing um it was just yeah it just it shook me to my core you know because everything around me there there was like there was like hints of r&b and soul but growing up, like, 45 minutes outside of Mexico, um, it was a lot of, like, Hispanic culture, R&B, and, like, Hispanic, like, artists and Latino artists and stuff. And um, so I didn't really get the, like, anything that unless it was, like, Usher or, like, mainstream yeah. R&B, you know? Um, and so it was, like, an entry into that world and then finding like the internet and like everybody it was my entry into odd future too yeah. it was channel orange for me and yeah i mean it's frank ocean is frank ocean yeah. he's a once once in a lifetime artist and we are so blessed to be able to witness his greatness and seeing an artist being able to live their life off the grid and out of the public yeah. eye while still being everything that they are. Yeah. It's inspiring and it's beautiful to see. A lot like MF Doom in that regard. Yeah. Like he'll make music when he wants to make music. Yep. He'll fall back into the background. Yep. No one forgets about him. Nope. And when he comes back and reemerges, we're ready for him. Exactly. So, I mean, I know Swim Good's not on the album, um, but I love... Yeah. Oh, oh, swim good. Swim I, good and Novocaine. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. I, yeah, that's great. I remember distinctly, I was working at GoDaddy, and I think it was the first time I really kind of had to face my depression mm-hmm. head on, and I was walking around. There's a lake nearby, actually, by the Whole food or the the Sprouts and the, yep. the Coffee Rush. Coffee Rush, yep. Um, so I... I put on this the channel orange and any other songs he had out at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was just walking around the lake and yep. I just called off work and I was like, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
but I mean, I associate that with like kind of me airing my head out a little yeah, bit. So exactly because you got to he wrote such a vivid story yeah. that you could enter yourself into yep. and shut off reality for a little bit. Yep, absolutely beautiful. All right, my next one is kind of a. I, I feel like I went through stages in my life. You know, I was in a hip hop really heavy because of the the lyricism, and then. Um, you know, I went through the scene phase and then coming out of that, I was into like an indie folk singer songwriter phase. And I, I would say none more, uh, inspirational and had the effect like William Fitzsimmons had on me. Um, I just always really connected with his songwriting, his lyrics, um, his story is crazy. Um, I, I try to get a lot of people into them and, and there just doesn't, I think you have to be in the right place at the right time to really mm -hmm. connect with him. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen him live like three times. Um, but the, the Sparrow and the Crow from William Fitzsimmons is, is my next album. But I, I distinctly just remember feeling the same feeling I felt with hip hop or with like scene bands or like the emo bands of the, the mid 2000s is I felt heard. You know, I was in my um, mid-20s, late-20s, and I just felt still as lost as I did <laughs> years before, you know? Yeah. And it was a different kind of voice I could connect to, you know? And um, he'll always be one of my favorite singer-songwriters. And, I mean, his I watch his documentary all the time on YouTube, and he talks about, you know, his, his parents, they were both blind, you know? And... So he just has like a really intense upbringing and he talks about love and loss and, mm -hmm. and just uh, really just gets in the weeds with his own like mental health, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, William Fitzsimmons will always be one of my favorite singer songwriters. Nice. Yeah. All right. My next up is Earl Sweatshirts. I don't like shit. I don't go outside. <laughs> um, just wow. Honestly. To this day, not a week goes by since the album dropped where I don't, where I don't listen to it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's for it is definitely my favorite Earl project because coming off of Doris, Doris was such a heavy hitter. Like there was so much hype built around that that album of him coming back to the states and linking back up with Odd Future and. Um, having his features on the odd future tape and all that and um there was so much pressure on him with doris and he really obviously by by light years met that pressure but then i feel like um i don't like shit was him kind of becoming his own artist yeah and that that was like when he was had the most production on there and uh, him and Mac and Vince just hold up and just put this album together. Yeah. And it just, it, it was there for me when I really needed mm -hmm. it. And the lyrical content, his transparency with mental health and his struggles with just overcoming it and dealing with grief and loss as his, uh, gram his grandmother was on her way out. Um, is just is so heavy so lyrically heavy and so melancholic and 
the beats and the soundscapes and everything he did on that were just so unique and so unlike anything else that was out at that time. Yeah. And like I said, it was just there for me when I needed it. Yeah. And so it, it, it resonated with me instantly and to this day is just like been so much help for accountability with myself, mm-hmm. with um with mental health and just with struggles and things like that and grief and everything. Like Yeah. That's yeah, timeless album for me. Yeah, that's awesome. I I feel like that's my number six and your what was that, number five yeah i feel like they're pretty similar yeah different veins like it's really personal to us Mm -hmm. and that's why it's on our list you know it it connects with us when we need it to like an old friend you know exactly um exactly so uh, my number five is float by aesop rock um i was aesop ian matthias bavitz like one of my favorite mcs uh, of all time super complex um but this is the first this album has the first song i ever heard from him and it was on a burnt cd that i had to ask my buddy down the road to like make me you know a cd with anything aesop rock related because all my friends were talking about him uh but it has commencement at the obedience academy um this also coincided with um when i fell in love with like old poetry um and old writing like uh, Dante Alighieri and like the, the Divine Comedy and Paradise Lost and the Canterbury Tales, you know, and there's references in Commencement that um, he's like push it down, down farther and let Dante decide which ring I'm on. Like I just remember that line, Heavy. Um, and it just linked up where I was in in high school, and I'm like, how, how, you know, yeah. like if he's referencing this and I'm reading this and I'm connecting with it, it just felt like I was, I was heard and I was seen. And I think that's what it's kind of about, but I mean, it's hard for me to pick an album from him because mm-hmm. he's one of my favorites to ever put pin to pad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to be float just based off the fact that that's my entry level, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that's my number five. Nice. Next on my list. Um, not necessarily like my all-time favorite album, um, but I would say that this is the most important life-changing album for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Have Hearts, song to, Songs to Scream at the Sun. <laughs> um, hardcore band from Boston, Straight Edge Legends. Uh, as I mentioned, I grew up in a very small town, population 1700 graduating class of 30 kids um i did not know that you could be sober you know Mm -hmm. especially having a drug addict's parent um and i in a small town once you get like 15 16 you you just kind of become that part of the culture and you do your thing and so i did my thing and uh I I knew it wasn't for me deep down, but again, I thought that's just what you did, mm-hmm. you know? And then my friend Kyle, um, I met him through the through the music scene. Shouts out, Kyle. Uh, I started playing shows at 15, 16, 
And um, any reason to get out of town. We were mm -hmm. up here. The Some of the members were older. They had cars. So we were driving up here, slinging tickets at the mall and <laughs> um, playing shows, you know. And bless my mom, my stepdad for uh, letting me start my journey and my dream so young. Mm -hmm. um, but we would travel up here every weekend pretty much and play shows. And um, that was, uh, it was, we were in a metal band. We were playing with hardcore bands and indie bands and everything in between. And uh, my friend Kyle gave me two burnt CDs, or three, sorry, three. So he gave me Song Scream of the Sun by Half Heart. He gave me uh, Title Fights, The Last Thing You Forget. And then he gave me Close Your Eyes, um, their first album. And uh, I that was my introduction to Straight Edge. At the time, Kyle was Straight Edge. And he gave me that album, and then I called him, and I was like, what what are all these like? What are they like? What are they talking about? Like I I hear it, but like I've never heard of straight edge. And he's like, well, straight edge is when you don't smoke, don't drink, don't do drugs, none of that. Um, you abstain from it and you live a life of sobriety. And it changed my life. That was my that hearing that album showed me that I could be sober. Yeah. And that I didn't have to go down the path that my dad went down. And uh, it also led me to their first album and then the song Unbreakable, which a lyric that I live my life by is just love the world that won't love you back. Yeah, it's that has good. been the has been the the whole premise of my entire life since I heard that song. Yeah. And since I heard this band and I've been straight edge ever since. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's it's a great line super hard to do sometimes yeah <laughs> but exactly that's that's awesome yeah it's definitely a a band that i wasn't familiar with um mm -hmm. but that's okay that's yeah, why we have exactly. a combined playlist <laughs> and we're discussing it here um yep. my number four is pink moon by nick drake um a lot of people know this album from the volkswagen commercials <laughs> in the 2000s and or the 90s um but I kind of fell in love with this album after um, I would be watching some interviews with William Fitzsimmons and he would talk about his inspirational artist. And th that's funny. It's like reading, hearing liner notes. I, I remember, you know, back in the day you would crack open like a, like a CD and you would look at the lyrics and then on the back, the, the band members would thank the bands, you yeah. know, and, who they're inspired by, so that the, you go and listen to those. Yeah, bands and, yeah, that's exactly what happened that's here. How you found music, um, and just his story of, of being so young when he when he passed away, you know, and just the, the lasting legacy, you know, someone like him or Jeff Buckley or Elliot Smith, you know, where they just leave their mark on music for years mm -hmm. after after they're gone, you know, and. You know, I just I think about like what else he could have done, you mm -hmm. know, with music or uh, any one of those three. Um, it's just really, really um, such a such a great uh, kind of prototype uh, album. Um, it's just if anyone likes folk singer songwriter albums, I one million percent recommend uh, Pink Moon by Nick Drake. It's just it's a vibe mm -hmm. uh, in, in all formats. So nice. <laughs> My next up, um, coming from a heavy music background, <laughs> it all started with Linkin Park. Oh, Linkin yes. Park, Hybrid Theory. Um, Man. Uh, rest in peace, Chester. Yep. 
So first time I heard Linkin Park, it was my sister's 13th birthday. I was 11 years old. We went to the bowling alley, you know, when they used to play the music videos, have the laser lights going and all that. And they were playing just all the bangers, you know, and just everything from like Usher and like Destiny's Child and all that. But then came on the video for Numb. Oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm tripping, I'm not, not numb, um, crawling, oh, crawling, yeah, yeah. it was crawling, and so there I was, 11 years old, stopped dead in my tracks when that video came on, yeah. I just, it comes in so heavy yeah. and in your face, starting out with that chorus, like, I was just jaw dropped, I had never experienced any kind of music like that in my life, yeah. but the just natural aggression and outpour of emotion and feeling with heavy topics that obviously I could not comprehend at Mm -hmm. that age of dealing the song dealing with domestic violence and over overcoming abuse there was just I was so drawn to it and similar to Have Heart completely changed the trajectory of my life I was like we were driving home from the bowling alley and I was like, mom, I need that CD. Yeah. I need that CD. And um, she was, it wasn't like, I didn't live in like, it wasn't, I didn't grow up in like a super strict household, but she did like, she was a lot more involved yeah, yeah. in our lives. And so I was only 11. Yeah. And so she, she looked up the band Lincoln Park and they were talking she was like finding interviews about them and all that and they were just talking about how they didn't drink before shows or anything like that they didn't do any drugs that they took this seriously they um for the most part weren't cussing in their lyrics or anything Mm -hmm. like that and they were just expressing their lives and the what they've experienced so she was like okay you can have it so we went and I saved up, it was, I saved up my chore money and we went to Best Buy and I got Hybrid Theory and just, I, that was the only thing I listened to for yeah. like a solid like three yeah. years. Like that album just, and it's an album that we grew, we got to grow up with, literally yeah. grow up with because there's still parts of that album, of that and Meteora where it means so much more as an adult having more life experience and just those songs already meant so much to me and then they become even more meaningful as an adult with more life experience and just getting where he came from you know and uh yeah rest in peace chester yeah i man i have um like a love affair with this album too. I remember the first time I heard it and I had heard like quote unquote rap rock before. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it was Limp Biscuit. It yep. was Corn and, and no shade on those bands, yeah, but Lincoln Park hit different. It, yeah. Um, to this day. <laughs> it, and those guys are masters at what they do. Mm-hmm. From the drummers to the guitarists to the bassist to Mr. Han, the DJ, yep. to, to Mike. You know, just everybody was in their pocket, you yep. know? And it's just, 
a piece of art really and, and that's it's so odd to say but i i was obsessed with lincoln park mm-hmm. since hybrid theory and you know in between hybrid theory they came and meteora they came out with reanimation, reanimation. um <sighs> and as a hip-hop fan yep they they didn't have big names on that record yeah. at the time. They had Evidence, Pharaoh Monch, mm-hmm. um, Black Thought, Planet Asia. You know, like topped underground, in. Topped yeah. In. And I was like, man, they're bringing these these cats up with yeah. them. You know, like they weren't trying to make themselves bigger. Yeah. They were like, no, let's get the dopest MCs of the time. Let's put them on a record. Yep. And they also had. Um, uh, Aaron Lewis from Stained on that album. They yeah. had Jonathan Davis from Corn on that album. Yeah. Like just, just uh, beautiful remixes of already perfect songs. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I wish I could bottle that feeling when I listen to the first yeah. three Lincoln Park albums because yeah. they are perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, couldn't agree more. <laughs> um. My third one is kind of goes back to my journey with like poetry and spoken word, but it's a brother sister by me without you. Um, um, I, everybody loves their A to B life, you know, and that was right after, you know, they had the song with Norma Jean, Memphis will be laid to waste. Mm -hmm. Aaron, uh, um, Aaron, I can't think of his last name, but Aaron, the lead singer, he was, you know, uh, had that that part in Norma Jean, um, but Me Without You always intrigued me because they're so eclectic, uh, just beautiful poetry. Um, this album, particular because of Messes of Men in the beginning, and then my favorite song on the album is In a Sweater Poorly Knit. Um, it is one of the, I wish I wrote this song, um, because it opens up with in a sweater poorly neat a knit an unsuspected smile little Moses drifted downstream in the Nile and like I to me like it gives me goosebumps like mm-hmm. it's just like such a dope yeah. like way to intro a song and at the time I'm trying to figure out like my own faith system you know and I see these guys I think they're super cool and they're super intellectual mm-hmm. and they still have a faith system around them yeah you know and it's like I can latch on to this yep. because like I wanted to balance faith with science creativity. And, and creativity and arts and um a- intellect like yeah. I never wanted to be and now I can now I'm at a place where that's kind of where I'm at. You know, yeah. I've always wanted that. And now I have it, you exactly. know, um, but this album mm-hmm. put a bow on kind of my struggles with faith and church at the time. And yeah. it's been my, it's not a 2020 struggle. Yeah. It was years before that, yeah. that I had a process. Um, yeah. 2020 just expedited things yep. a little bit. So black sheep finding their herd. Yep. 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 100%. Yep. Um, my second one, we already talked about The Queen is Dead. Yeah. Uh, so I won't get into it too much, but I mean, this again, the Smiths are the Smiths. Who, name another artist that can 
part of their guarantee is the entire festival has to be serving vegan food and products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else in the whole <laughs> world in the history of music has that kind of pool? Yeah, yeah. Where they could be like, not only are you going to pay me what, like 100 grand, 500 grand, who knows yeah. what Morrissey's guarantee is. It's crazy. Um, but he's like, if you're going to perform, not only are you going to pay me, but everyone who is a part of the festival has to be vegan for a day. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is crazy to me. As a Super vegan, cool. like, that's, that's goals. Yeah. That's goals right there. So, yeah, shouts out to Smiths. <laughs> Flawless discography. Yep. Front to back. The few years that they were around. Yep. Um, yeah. That's all I got to say. So good. <laughs> um, I'm going to call an audible, and I'm going to flip... My one and two mm-hmm. mid podcast. Okay. Um, because my number one has to be my number one. Um, so my number two is going to be Bring Me Your Love by City and Color. Um, again, my post emo yeah. phase. And I know he was part of Alexis Alex- on Yeah. Yeah. Dallas Green, though, I've seen him live countless times. But this album. It just, I mean, it came out during the MySpace era and it still has longevity to me because he talks about death a lot in this Mm -hmm. album, Um, like man in the box, you know, just, and it's always imagery that I've always been fascinated, but petrified of. Um, And it's weird being a Christian and being, I feel like I was more afraid of death when I was a Christian than I am now. (laughs) And I mean, I don't know what I am faith wise, Mm. but I have less fear of death now because it's not constantly being thrown in my face as like a fear tactic. And, um, I just, the way he tackles it and kind of, you know, puts it in this really nice poetic kind of haunting, um, it's okay kind mm-hmm. of aspect i i just always love um so he has a lot of albums that i love but bring me your love by city and color it's got to be my number two mm-hmm. all right my number one is hands down without a question the cure disintegration oh, yeah. and it's funny because it's like their discography is so expansive and so yeah. They have an album for every mood, and then every album has every mood in it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, and dis- Disintegration, I put that, it's like, it depends, like, my favorite Cure album will change periodically, depending on the time of year, depending yeah. on where I'm at in my life, but the first album from them that I fell in love with was this album, mm-hmm. and just objectively, one of the best albums ever written of any genre. Like... The Cure brings every walk of life Mm -hmm. together, you know, similar to how the Smiths did. But I feel even deeper because Robert Smith has always been Robert Smith. And he's never he's never been he's never had weird politics that I know of. He's never had any like any like being just a blatant jerk to people. He's been just reserved and like 
not necessarily like rude, but he's it was he was Robert Smith. He has always stated that he is not one to be famous. He's not one, and they specifically wrote albums to not be famous, <laughs> to kind and of... they still did. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I can I can literally do an entire podcast series. Every episode covering a different album. <laughs> That'd be great. They're so... Oh my gosh. I just... Yeah. The Cure is everything to me. Yeah. Even with the heavier music I write, like so much inspiration comes from what The Cure and what Robert Smith have done. Yep. And I owe that band everything. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. We yeah. love The 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 Cure in this this household too. Yep. Um, yeah. Just... Um, all the love for the cure all mm. the love um brings me to my number one kind of opposite ends of the world opposite ends of the the spectrum but it has to be enter the wu-tang 36 chambers yeah. um one of the first cassettes i ever owned and it's only because i bought it from a kid at school <laughs> with some of my lunch money yeah you know i <laughs> But I had to have that album. And I was young, like really young when I first listened to this. But it was visual movies to me, you know, and mm -hmm. it was different than what I heard on the radio. You know, it mm -hmm. was different than what was popular at the time. You know, it just transcended and changed music entirely. And from beginning to end, you know, after that, I was doodling Wu-Tang symbols. You know, <laughs> after that, I was cutting things out of magazines and putting them on paper and then putting it on my folder, you know, yep. just, uh, my life has been greatly impacted by Wu-Tang. Um, you know, I have a Wu-Tang tattoo, you yep. know, I got to see them live. I, I wish I would have seen them more than once, but I did get to see them live with the full crew, mm -hmm. which is rare. Um, yeah in 2019 in tucson you know and i just and to see get to see them live on i there's no other group i would say of any music that could have three seasons on a hulu show yeah facts. like and if if you haven't watched it yeah it's um one of the best series ever made yeah it's it's incredible, and I'll never forget the RZA sample in the show, where he's he's cutting up different parts of the music yeah, and, and bring it to life. Yeah, oh. it's it's absolutely wonderful. Yep. But beginning to end, Enter the Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers, my favorite album of all time. Yeah, Vegan Legends. Yeah. Also. Yep. Yeah, I mean. Um... Obviously, Wu-Tang was always played everywhere I went. Yeah. I didn't necessarily dive into them until later on in life, but their impact is, like, undeniable. Yep. You know, their household name for a reason, and Odd Future would not exist without Wu-Tang. Yeah. And Odd Future is my Wu-Tang, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. That, that is what did it for me. That's what I dove into. That's what I gravitated towards, and Hands and Feet would not be what it is today without Odd Future and Odd Future wouldn't be what it is today without Wu-Tang, yep. you know? So it's like, it trickles down and Wu-Tang, yep. Wu-Tang Wu is Wu-Tang, you know? Forever. You can, yeah, Wu-Tang forever. You yeah. see that 
everyone, like people all over the world of every language of every walk in life know what that W is yep. Yep. for a reason. It's, I mean, to, man, you know, it's like 92, 93. How did they have the foresight to be able to like, we want a symbol that's going to encompass our group. Yeah. You know, and I, I know that maybe it's not new to music. You yeah. know, Led Zeppelin did it, but I don't think they did it as good as Wu-Tang. Nah. Like, <laughs> and they also didn't steal it like Zeppelin stole yeah, from yeah. all the, <laughs> all the black blues yep. and jazz artists. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I just, yeah, man, I will, and I, I have, had to find because I collect cassette tapes and I had to find 36 chambers on cassette like the the tape that started it all you yeah. know just I'll never never not love it and it's, it just puts me in a place and it still maintains mm -hmm. like those samples those beats RZA and, and everybody in the clan is just life changing for me exactly yeah absolutely Nothing but love and respect to Wu Tang forever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, where that's our that's our list. But 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 before we go, where can people find you? Um, yes, I am at X hands like the body part. X feet like the body part. X X is for straight edge. They're silent. The artist name is Hands and Feet. <laughs> um, the only thing I want to say is that whoever's listening to this, wherever you're at, um, every aspect of my life is built around suicide prevention and mental health. Um, just know that you are loved. You have purpose. And a lot of these albums that we listed speak a lot yeah. on that. And they're a reason. It's, they're on this list for a reason. So if you're going through it and you need some inspiration and you just need to have somebody put your feelings into words... Mm -hmm. Go run through these albums, run through the playlist that's going to be in the description. Yeah. And uh, if you need anything, you need to talk to somebody, please reach out to me, DM me. My phone is always on. I'm always available. I've dedicated my life to, to this, to making sure that everyone I come across with is okay and that they know that they are loved at the end of the day and that they have purpose. So if you needed to hear that, there it is for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your time, uh, Akon, and uh, thank you for your friendship. Mm -hmm. um, this was lots of fun. So and, much fun. And thank we'll you. do this again in the, yeah. in the future. You know, we got to get into shoes still. We got to oh, get yeah. into fashion. We got to get into vintage. We got, I mean, we got so many things in common. We could just keep going. Yeah. But this was a great, a great first one. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, I love you, brother. Thank love you for you. having me on. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, be blessed. Peace.